Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to Top 5 from The Ray Taylor Show, where each week I usually am ranking movies in a variety of categories. Uh, from franchises to subgenres to directors and actors, no film is left unwatched as I break down my top five picks. So join me every Sunday for a new episode and get ready to dive into the world of film in many ways this episode as well with top five from the ray taylor show in this episode i am going to be ranking i'm going to be counting down my top five pop culture cult, my top five pop culture moments things pop culture things from 2022 uh, something that I like to do at the beginning of every year to look back in addition to doing my top five TV shows, in addition to doing my top five movies. I also like to just do a blanket top five of pop culture. This is an episode inspired by the show All Fantasy Everything, which is a show that in part inspired me to do this show. Uh, so and it's a, a topic that I enjoy doing and they recently released their episode and it was fun to see how many of my top fives were on their lists but let's get into it shall we I mean what a better way to recap the past year uh, than take a look back and see the the different artwork that came out the different moments the people that helped create our culture the maybe public public uh spiraling out of control uh from movies to music to award shows to public meltdowns i recap the things that impacted me the most let's get it started with my number five pick for pop culture moments in 2022 coming at number five is the slap if you don't know what the slap means you've been living under a rock of course i am talking about Will Smith, as he walked out on stage during the 94th Academy Awards and slapped stand-up comedian Chris Rock, who was hosting the award show. Obviously, Chris Rock had just recently, in that time, told a joke about Will Smith's wife comparing her. Not a very good joke. Uh, an outdated joke comparing her to G.I. Jane, which is a movie that came out in the 90s. Uh, but also a joke that apparently hit close to home for Jada Pickett Smith because she did have a shaved head because she has uh, alopecia, right? Which uh, skin disorder or whatever, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Um, but if you watch the clip, Will Smith laughs at the joke and you see Jada not laughing at the joke. And then you see Will Smith look over at Jada, who's not laughing at the joke. And not that I think it was staged in any way. And at no point do I think it was staged. But I 100% believe it was performative as beep, right? I, I like Will Smith, him getting up in the way he did, getting up on stage, walking down the catwalk to get in Chris Rock's face and then to do this big dramatic slap is 100% a performance Will Smith did to show his wife that he will defend her honor or whatever, right? And then it led to 
moment after moment of the person bringing this up again and again, Will Smith brings this this moment to to life over and over again. This dude has apologized publicly. I don't know how many times. And instead of just keeping quiet about this issue and letting it blow over, let people forget, he constantly is reminding people that he did this thing, right? Constantly reminding people he did this thing. And his action in the first place, if he had just shut the fuck up during the thing, right, and just won his award, which I don't think he should have won, I have been saying for years that Will Smith is not a very good actor, I think he's charming. I think that he can do well in certain movies. He has a very rom-com type of an energy to him. But all of, all of his dramatic films have been not good, in my opinion. The only performance I've seen him in that was good was uh, Pursuit of Happiness. But everything else is okay to horrible, right? You want to see, like, if you want to gauge Will Smith, right, go watch a movie that was his project a project that he developed where he chose the director that he starred in with his son, go check out After Earth, a movie that has Will Smith's fingerprints all over it, and see the worst performance an actor will ever give in a movie. By far, one of the worst performances I have ever seen in a movie, and Will Smith was in control of the whole thing. There is no excuse for a absolutely god-awful performance watch king richard reviewed king richard way before the academy awards i thought that was an amazing movie and will smith was the worst part of it i i've seen the clip of him doing the scene as you know king richard where he tells off a reporter that's interviewing one of his daughters i've seen that clip put back to back with the actual clip of actual richard Williams Williams telling off this reporter and it is so clear how little of an edge Will Smith has compared to the real guy he's doing an imitation of and that is one of Will Smith's biggest faults in my opinion his lack of edge he's trying to do these edgy things but he's not able to pull it off right he at no point pulls it off and that clip I think highlights it meanwhile a lot of people who see that clip are like look how great look how he's saying all of the same words that that other guy does but if you listen to his performance he's not saying them in any form that is close to the original where the original guy is like listen you need to ask her the questions that are important and stop with this kind of bullshit and will smith's performance is like oh wow i really like it if you stop doing this like it is so toned down and softened because it is will smith doing it i don't think he's a good actor definitely don't think he should have won best actor of that year and definitely think he's a horrible person like him to get up and slap somebody on live tv for making a joke when if he had just shut up and just talked about it after the show you know the pope he's got his award what do you think about what chris rock said about your wife then he could have been and would have had all of the sympathy from everybody and would have made chris rock look bad right chris rock would have been the one apologizing instead not only did Will Smith make a huge spectacle out of this small issue, 
he is the one that keeps bringing it up. Like every three months, it's like Will Smith is doing another un unapologetic apology when he's promoting this new movie that I do kind of want to see. I'm interested. I hope he gets better. I want to see Will Smith be a good actor, but I just, aside from like men in black and independence day and, you know, maybe like, uh, these other things where he's just charming, he's good in things, but I don't think every time he's trying to do like an Academy award performance, I I think Ali, another example, don't buy it at all. Don't buy it at all. Don't like it. But it is what it is. And it was a big popular culture moment. And he keeps bringing it up. He's bringing it up. He's the one that will not let it die, which is insane. It is so crazy. Uh, and meanwhile, Chris Rock has kept quiet. I'm sure he just does it on stage, right? He's, he's a professional. He's a professional in every way. And Will Smith assaulted him on live TV and showed how unprofessional he is. Anyway. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on to my fourth favorite pop culture moment of 2022. And number four is Kanye West going full Nazi. Uh, this is another person that I've never been a fan of. Ever since he went up on stage, another thing where he goes up on stage during the Grammys while Taylor Swift is is accepting an award, the I'm going to let you finish thing where he's like i'm gonna let you finish taylor but beyonce should have won this award right that was the first moment that we all should have known kanye west is an asshole right complete just egotistical asshole and yet over the the following years after that event people have praised him as being some kind of genius which i do not get i don't aside from him doing what republicans did and just playing to the religious right which he is doing their playbook, right? First, he's doing the church thing where he's doing like these sermons and talking about Jesus and all that stuff. Definitely a page out of Reagan's playbook when he decided to bring the evangelicals into the conservative party, right? That is what Kanye is doing, playing to the religious right of this country in order to sell more songs, right? And then he's going full, like he's basically following the path of the Republican Party since the 80s, right? First selling them on all the Jesus stuff, then just coming out as being complete white supremacist, posting all kinds of white supremacist stuff, you know, the white lives matter kinds of stuff. And this year was the big thing, right? Doing the fashion show with the white lives matter thing with Candace Owens, then going on every talk show after talk show from from like drink champs to Alex Jones just spouting his love for for Hitler and just constant anti-Semitic stuff and just really making it difficult for his fans to keep making excuses for him, which it is insane to see how over the years, year after year, people are just finding new ways to accept this guy's downward spiral, right? And I know he has mental health problems. I know he's bipolar, but I also know he's rich as fuck and has access to actually getting help. He has access to getting medication. He has access to doing all these things, and he refuses to do that. He is surrounded by a bunch of yes men that allow him to act this way. He was 
married to one of the most overrated celebrities known to man, the Kardashians, like the, a family that is so devoid of any kind of substance that it's not surprising that that only increased his downward trajectory mentally. It has been insane to watch. I haven't been. And it's insane that it's from a guy that before he went and told Taylor Swift that I'm going to let you finish when Hurricane Katrina happened and he called out George Bush on MTV. That person only existed for a brief moment. And then after that, he goes far right wing and is in many ways the one of the most popular poster children for the right wing, for the conservative, white supremacist, anti-Semitic, basically American Nazi. He is in so many ways not only just spewing white supremacy propaganda, but also anti-Semitic propaganda in addition to talking about and gushing over how much he loves Hitler. It's just the dude is... I, I, he is not a genius in any way, shape, or form. The fact that people keep ma making excuses for him, and for the people that don't make excuses for him, I, I know they're just showing who they are. They're just they they have they either they agree with everything that he's doing, right? They're like finally he's saying the the anti-Semitic things that I believe in my heart, or they're just closeted and are easily able to accept and look past that which that's very telling right just like somebody who's a super cosby fan still it's like well you have to be okay with the fact that we know cosby raped tons of women throughout his entire career right it's just like it's hard to excuse fandom of people who have done disgusting things and kanye west is just been an all-star this past year this last year it's just insane so number four is kanye west going full nazi let's take a quick break right now to talk about are you a fan of original artwork and live events look no further than the many faces series by ray taylor and the weekly live stream over at youtube.com slash inspired disorder this ongoing series explores the endless possibilities of the human face through abstract ink paintings on paper, capturing unique expressions of emotion, mood, tone, and energy in just a few minimal features. Join me every Thursday at 4.20 Pacific Time as I paint live. Follow the Many Faces series and discover the endless possibilities of the human face. Don't miss out on this opportunity to be part of the action and own a piece of original artwork by me, Ray Taylor. Head to youtube.com slash inspired disorder every Thursday to catch the live stream and visit inspireddisorder.com to browse and purchase the Many Faces artwork. And now let's get back to the show. Moving on to my third favorite piece of pop culture that happened last year. Coming at number three is the massive AI art explosion and controversy, right? As far as something, a new technology that has really sparked a lot of controversy, it is this AI art stuff which I've vocal about my use of ChatGPT 
for my blogs, my personal blogs, I use AI art to generate the images for my blog posts. I'm open about that. I do not sell any AI art, which there are definitely plenty of quote unquote artists that will do that. Uh, from what I've seen from a legal standpoint, that art that is generated from AI is not something that you can copyright. So if you're using that to create a book or you're, if you're using that to sell artwork, you can't copyright it. Basically, AI art is free use. So in my opinion, the way I use it is like I could go and Google an image that I feel would represent my blog post or whatever that may or may not be copyrighted. I don't know, just grabbing it off of a website to put on the thing. Or I can create an original piece of imagery that is free use. It's like customized stock photos, in my opinion. So that's kind of my thing of it. As far as artists using it, I mean, I have difficult views with... I've had especially difficult views with people who call what they do painting when they're using a tablet and a pen, right? I don't necessarily, I'm good with calling that whatever you want to call that, but that's not, you're not using paint. You're not using brushes, right? I think you're digitally illustrating in a style that looks like paint, but it almost diminishes what it is to push paint on a canvas right and I'm okay with an artwork being called and referred to in an accurate way but you know I don't, I don't know that's but that's kind of like sticking points I've also had issues with like people who use projectors to enlarge images like you should be able to do that freehand like a lot of things that I don't a lot of views I don't necessarily hold anymore like I I have kind of come around on all that to where like all of these things are just tools to allow an artist to do something easier. And I'm fine with that. Um, but as far as art generated through artificial intelligence, where you put in a prompt and it spits something out, you can call that art if you want. I, I think it's art definitely, but I don't necessarily consider the person that puts in the prompt an artist you know, an art director maybe, right? Because they're giving, but they don't do the work to create the image. So it's kind of a weird thing, but it's only really in definition, which is minutia. As far as not being able to copyright that work, as opposed to actual tangible physical artwork, right? I paint ink paintings on paper. When I create that piece, it's automatically copywritten to me because I created the original. So if somebody was to use, if somebody were to sell prints or t-shirts or products that have my artwork on them, I could sue them because I own the copyright because I created the original work, right? And I have tons of video proof for the creation of the individual works. So I have a lot of proof that I created it, which you don't need. As long as you are the original creator of that thing, you own the copyright of it. You don't actually have to file a copyright individually, right? You can, if you find out somebody else has copywritten your stuff, there are ways where you can protest that and sue for damages. 
because I follow a lawyer on TikTok that that deals with the arts. He is like specifies in arts and copyrights and things like that. So I've heard him weigh in on the copyright thing. I've heard him weigh in on the AI thing. And as far as like there was somebody who produced a book using AI art and used AI to write the book and he was denied a copyright because that work was created with AI and you can't copyright it. A lot of artists are also concerned because these AI tools are using established art to train the AI. So there's a lot of influences that the AI gets from from creating that art right it's not it's not original it's it's taking what it's seen other people do and using that to create a thing which you know i'm okay with that you know there's a like i don't know until i see it making my stuff right then i'm sure i'll have a more nuanced opinion on it but it's an interesting thing that is something that I've heard everybody kind of talk about in the art space. And it's something that AI is going to uproot and change for a lot of people in a lot of industries in general. So uh, coming in at number three is the AI art controversy. Moving on to my second favorite piece of pop culture from 2022. Coming in at number two is everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, it's a movie that was my favorite film of last year. It is created by the Daniels, Daniel Kwan and Daniel uh, Scheinert, uh, two directors, buddy director team that made Swiss Army Man, which was my favorite movie that year, the year that came out. Uh, but everything, everywhere, all at once, I talked a lot about why I loved it in uh this week's episode of swipe up how from the ground up they they created a movie in a way people don't create movies especially with visual effects the visual effects were done by uh, a group of nine people including the two directors who are completely self-taught who learned how to do visual effects through tutorial videos online so it's an amazing movie it's how the movie is created is amazing as well. It is my favorite movie of last year. It is two of my it is my favorite director's team that are doing by far the most interesting and unique types of movies and telling them in very unique and interesting ways. Uh, it is you know comedy, sci-fi, drama. It has everything. Uh, I absolutely love this movie, and you know. I had to put my favorite movie from last year on this list because it was it's like my favorite piece of art that came out. Obviously, it's not my number one pick, but you'll find out why. But other than that, by far my favorite movie that came out, my favorite like visual thing out of, you know, TV and movies. This is uh, this is my number one pick. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Highly recommend checking it out if you haven't watched it yet. Obviously, a lot of praise for this movie has gone around. Uh, Michelle Yeoh has uh, won the Golden Globe for her performance, lead actress. Um, I love her performance in this movie. I love Evelyn Wong. I love uh, Ki Hu Kwan. I love Jamie Lee Curtis. They are so amazing and put it all out there in one of my, I mean, one of my favorite movies of all time, really. Uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. 
Let's take a quick break from this episode to talk about attention, attention. All, all Ray, Ray Taylor, Taylor Show, Show fans. fans. We're excited to announce we've just released a line of exclusive merchandise featuring original artwork inspired by the show. Our high quality shirts and biodegradable phone cases are a perfect way to show your support for the show and make a great gift for any fan. Plus, with each purchase, you'll be helping us continue to bring you great content. So don't wait. Head on over to InspireDisorder.com now and check out the full collection. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll show your support by grabbing some Ray Taylor Show merchandise today. And now, let's get back to the show. Moving on to my favorite moment thing aspect of pop culture from last year 2022 my number one pick is the red hot chili peppers not only coming back with john fushante and rick rubin producing but also putting out not one but two albums last year you had uh unlimited love came out in april i think and the return of the dream canteen came out in october and i love both of these albums i'm I've been a huge fan of the red hot chili peppers since the 90s when my mom purchased blood sugar sex magic for herself because songs like under the bridge and give it away were popular on the radio popular on mtv and my mom trying to be a cool hip person still uh, bought it for herself but wasn't into it so she gave it to me guess what happened i loved it and i got into all of their music got all their earlier albums which are very way more punk funk type of centric music their earlier stuff before blood sugar sex magic but have been a major fan of theirs ever since they have released new albums it seems like every time there is a major change in my life they put out a new album and they don't put out albums all the time but it's weird how their release schedule in a lot of ways has lined up with uh, major life events in my life but huge fan of the band specifically the combination of anthony kiedis flea chad smith and john fashante produced by rick rubin i think that is the magical combination that puts out the best, by far the best music. Uh, the albums they did, John Fushante has left the band multiple times. He left uh, during One Hot Minute in the 90s, kind of later 90s, which I didn't mind that. Had a lot of that blood sugar sex magic feel. Um, Dave, uh, not Dave Grohl, the, I, I forget the guitars that took over for him, uh, but was okay. And then Fushante came back for... Uh, scar tissue by the way and then stadium arcadium which are like amazing 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 right by the way came out like the scar tissue was that the name of scar tissue californication i think was the name of the album but it had californication scar tissue uh had so many hits off of that and i remember that coming out after high school right so that was kind of the big life event and to see them kind of come back after right blood sugar sex magic was big not their biggest i think they got to third in the the billboard charts in the u.s and then kind of went down to fourth for one hot minute and then when they came back with californication i believe that was the name of the album um 
they f- went to number one. And then, by the way, I think was even more successful. And then California, and then uh, and then uh, Stadium Arcadium, by far the most. And this year, when they released the two albums, felt a lot like when they released Stadium Arcadium, which is a double album, right? They put out all of their like, I mean, not all of their music because they even put out like they they create music so effortlessly in a lot of ways, especially working with Rick Rubin that there's a lot of stuff that never gets released, right? There's so many unreleased stuff. I have these 45s of all, all these unreleased music that was created during the Stadium Arcadium days. Uh, but then after that, Fashante left, and then you get albums like uh, um, God, I'm With You, I think, is one of them. And then the other one was, God, I forget the two albums, but they used Fashante's uh, backup guitarist that they use he he comes on tour with them kindle offer or something like that um which he can play john fashante like but he doesn't come up with the, th- the same flair that fashante does i mean i think fashante is one of the best guitarists hands down right flea i think one of the best bassists hands down chad smith one of the be- i mean arguably i would say one of the best drummers anthony kiedis Maybe not the best singer, but definitely I love his creativity with his lyrics and just how obscure they are and how, you know, they're very up to interpretation, which I appreciate that as well, um, which I feel is a feature, not a bug. Some people don't like it. I understand that, but I, I don't know. I love it. And I think producer, they change producers as well. They were producing with like... uh I forget the producers they were working with. I should have probably brought that up, but they're working with different kinds of producers, right? And definitely, I didn't hate the albums, but they're definitely not like cream of the crop. They're not what my favorite stuff that they do. And hearing that they were going back with Rick Rubin and that John Frusciante was coming back, I was like, yes. But also I was very worried. Right. Because, you know, I don't know if that those two albums were a sign of their downward trajectory or not. They are getting old. They've been doing this since 84. You know, there's not a whole lot of bands that got popular in the 90s that are still putting out hit albums like they are like they are still putting out number one albums. Right. I don't maybe it's because I'm not following the bands like Pearl Jam. I'm not hearing anything. Pearl Jam, I mean, the, the thing is also a lot of bands from the 90s, members have died, right? Like, so they can't keep making music. Like, I would say, you know, the Foo Fighters starting up after Nirvana is kind of a similar thing, and they've had a lot of longevity. I don't know if they're still putting out new albums. I don't know how well those albums are doing, but I know they're still in the public limelight. I know they're still doing tours. I know... You know, they are regarded as one of those bands. And I think the Chili Peppers, they're they're both in a very unique club because they've survived. But also they're putting out music that people still love. And I think globally, the Chili Peppers have a massive draw, right? They do so well, not only just in the U.S., but also around the world. They they play well around the world. And in these two albums, I think it shows definitely a lot of their maturity. You've seen, especially in in California, in uh, Stadium Arcadium, 
definitely you see you see their evolution over the years coming out with new albums you see the maturity you see them kind of perfect their playing of the instruments you see anthony kiedis really training to become a better singer uh but also it has it's their their core type of feel and vibe is still there very minimal style kind of funky kind of like it and in this album, which you saw a little bit of, I think, in Stadium Arcadium, you see them experimenting with different genres of music, right? Like in this, these more recent albums, there's like some country songs. There's a song that's almost like kind of a darker song, like almost a scary type of a s- type of a song. There's there's more poppy type stuff. Like I think they are have no problem experimenting with different sounds and different genres and how their how their kind of particular way of making music can kind of complement those those different experiments and i also love flea playing a lot of trumpet in a lot of these songs but i absolutely love these albums i bought the first one i bought unlimited love on vinyl and then i heard that they were coming out with another album and i was like oh i need to get that but can't justify that purchase because i'm very poor so i literally asked my (laughs) i like asked my roommate like she got me a christmas present right and i was like uh, not something that i want to get stuff that i will use the fuck out of right and it was something that i wouldn't use the fuck out of so i I, but i felt bad right i hate returning a gift the thought was amazing right but i was like listen there's something i want something i need and i was like the thing i want buy me the vinyl of return of the dream canteen and it showed up the other day and i listened to it all day i it sounds so good right from what i've heard the way the vinyls were produced it's like directly from the the master recordings onto vinyl like there's no post-production like it the the production of this was all seemingly done live as it was being recorded as far as i know right it's very minimal production as far as compared to the producers that they were working with when they weren't working with Rick Rubin, uh, definitely known for more producing overproduction of things. Um, but anyway, I love the red hot chili peppers. I know some people don't like them, think they're overrated. That's fine. I think most people's favorite bands are that, uh, but I will defend them forever. I love that they're still making music. I, well, one, I'm, I love that they're alive. I love that they're still making music that I like, right? Especially after not really being a fan of their, like, Dark Necessities and I'm With You, which aren't bad, but love this way more. And also would highly recommend checking out the movies that Flea is in because he is in a great cross-section of movies. I did a top five of movies that features Flea, and it is it's just an, it would be an amazing, like, watch if you want to watch those five films i would check that out as well um i've also done a top five of my favorite chili pepper albums which would be interesting to maybe do another version of that now that they've put these albums out to see if they make the list i would imagine maybe one of them might but uh that is by far my favorite part of last year and in reference to pop culture uh not only one but two albums coming out which i how does that people do that People, I mean, they released a double album with Stadium Arcadium, but how many times do artists drop 
two albums in a year. I don't know. I love them both. I love the band. I love you all for watching this show. And I thank you all for watching this show. And I'm glad you're here in 2023 with me. Uh, some honorable mentions of pop culture events that happened last year. Uh, Discovery buying out Warner Brothers and that whole kind of debacle that's been happening with movies disappearing. Uh, Elon Musk purchasing Twitter and losing a historic amount of billions of dollars. Uh, and yet his simps still worship him, which is hilarious. Uh, the Wendy's Adams dance. Awesome. I love that show and I love how that dance is kind of like taken off. Uh, Lizzo playing the James Madison flute and pissing off a bunch of racists. I love that as well. Uh, Running Up the Hill, the song on Stranger Things, how that kind of blew up. Love that. Severance, as far as a TV show. RRR, the movie, the Indian film that got me into Indian films. Amazing film. And then Reservation Dogs Season 2 was amazing as well. So those were honorable mentions. Let me recap my list one more time. This is my top five pop culture moments from 2022. Starting off with number five is the Will Smith slap. Number four is Kanye West going full Nazi. Number three is the AI art controversy. Number two is everything everywhere all at once. And my number one favorite pop culture moment from 2022 was not only one, but two new albums from my favorite band on the planet, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Let me know what your top five favorite moments, pop culture moments were from 2022. I would love to hear them. Please let me know in the comments. Hit me up on social media, all of that stuff. Uh, and are there anything that I should reconsider and check out for uh, my list? Of course, I, it's pop culture stuff isn't necessarily like movies but if there's a movie or tv show that you love from last year or even an album let me know i would love to hear it and don't forget to tune in next sunday for an all-new episode and join the conversation by leaving a comment and a rating on your favorite podcast platform or on youtube if you're watching this and see you again next week for more top five new episodes of the ray taylor show come out every single day subscribe on youtube and everywhere our podcasts are found binge the full week over at inspireddisorder.com slash plus buy ray taylor show merch over at inspireddisorder.com have a wonderful day everybody peace out today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about everything that you've been wanting every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.